0: Hello, welcome to the Play Novel Esprit video series on the theology of the body. We are dedicating this episode to audience 12. We are your hosts, Jeremy Haasadu.
1: And Guillermo Moreno.
0: All right. So in the previous audience, we introduced the concept of um, a new original experience, that of original nakedness, the first man, first woman, and JP two argued that it is shame that's going to be the key for understanding what is this original nakedness. So he dedicates this audience to analyzing what is shame. So at a very basic level, shame is experienced with where a man expresses himself as a person it is a experience within himself towards the outside facing another person and some characteristics of this um, experience of shame is that it is a kind of fear in the face of the other person a fear for one uh, for one's own eye and it is also on the other hand kind of an instinctive manifestation of the need for affirmation and acceptance from the other that it's a need for the affirmation of myself my I, according to its value and dignity so what we have here then is kind of a twofold movement you have this fear which is a distancing of the self from another self and then you have on the basis of this distancing and this kind of need for affirmation acceptance a um the basis for the personal approach to the other person to the other eye so you have a way of closing the distance and a way and then this distancing function of shame so how ha- shame has this kind of twofold movement now shame jp2 is going to argue expresses the essential rules or norms for the communion of persons and how deeply shame will touch man's original solitude so if we recall before the meaning of original Unity is the communion of persons, which is manifested through the conjugal act. And shame is going to give provide us with a way of determining some norms. Um, let's see. Guillermo Mm -hmm. still there. Yep. All right. Is there do you have any general comments about our introduction of shame?
1: I just want to point out that there's, in light of shame, there's just a change in the dynamic of the relationship between the man and the woman. There's something here now that wasn't there before. And like you said, well, there's suddenly there's this fear. And I don't want to get a little a little too far ahead. But what was the... Result of this shame that they experienced. They covered themselves. So they go on a defense mode. That defense mode. It just wasn't a thing before the fall. Now it is.
0: That does indicate something very interesting about clothing. We don't normally think of it as a defense we think, we think more in terms of fashion style, making a statement. But on a deeper existential level, it is kind of a defense you're erecting.
1: It's a boundary experience. Right. But here's the thing. At this point, it's a good thing because it's necessary. It protects or where it's serving to protect ourselves yeah. uh, in defense of our own eye. I.
0: Right. Yeah. I forget where we're at. But later on, JP two is going to talk about what happens when you see people that just wander around naked. I mean, it's a thing in some parts of the United States,
1: excluding those crazy protesters that um, walk around and and oh yeah, with no clothes at all.
0: Yeah, no, it it was interesting. Like the documentary "What Is a Woman" by the Daily Wire. Matt Walsh was, I think, in San Francisco, and there's just some dude just sitting in a chair naked. That's just what he does all day, every day. Retired, just naked. He's like, whatever. So that that raises some interesting questions about what would JP two say about a situation like that, and we'll have to be patient, and <laughs> wait and see. Yeah, but. It is one of those things that I I just have to wonder, really? Why is that a thing? Uh, All right.
1: Yeah. We want to kind of just default to mental disorders, and that's probably it. (laughs) But in the case that it's not, like,
0: yeah, come on. There's some sort of disconnect there. We'll, sure. we'll wait for a JP2 to help with us what that is. All right. Yeah. So now we, mm. now that we've introduced shame, we have to interpret this not feeling shame. So we need to observe that this not feeling shame before the fall, before Adam and Eve ate the fruit and disobeyed God's directive, They did not feel shame, and they were naked. And so this not feeling shame is a matter of a true non-presence. Shame was not present, so they did not have this consciousness of it. So because of this, JP2 is going to push back against some false interpretations. And he lists several of them. This not feeling shame some people interpret as a lack or insufficient development of the first man first woman or a kind of primitivization some even venture that shamelessness and others take more of a psychoanalysis approach explaining shame in terms of positive human experiences from something like early childhood or some primitive peoples you know some native tribe maybe in Papua New Guinea or something and JPT is going to say, no, we're going to oppose all these views because this experience of the first man, first woman of not feeling shame and then feeling shame expresses a fullness of consciousness and experience. And his argument for this is due to the fact that precisely shame emerges in the new situation of original sin as described in Genesis chapter three, verse seven. So it's important to keep in mind of what JP2 is not saying shame is and there's a lot of various views there
1: there are and well I don't see anywhere where he says so directly but I'm really interpreting uh JP2's explanation of shamelessness as a kind of as a kind of freedom
0: yeah, if we're going to introduce freedom with shamelessness, just a uh, foreshadowing the future, nah. it's in a negative meaning, not a positive meaning for freedom. JP2. Shamelessness is not a good thing for according to JP2, but we have to
1: excuse me. So, no, no, not shamelessness. Um, but when they did not feel shame,
0: okay, um, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. I'm sorry, okay, you want to. You want to go through your train of thought then again?
1: Yeah. So when the man and, and the woman were naked and mm-hmm. did not feel shame. Ex- here it is. Genesis 2.25. They were naked, but did not feel shame. Right. Yeah. He proceeds to explain what shame is not. Right. And like, yeah, it's not a lack of something, but it's a, it, it's a positive. It's a freedom from... That's um the opposite of the gift of self, the opposite of the sign of unity. Okay, so in other words, that opposite is a taking for oneself. Okay. Original nakedness is that is freedom from that desire to take,
0: okay, yeah, as I...
1: opposed to the desire to give.
0: Okay. Yeah. We haven't talked about any of those things yet. Uh, yes. Yes. Taking yes. and giving. Yeah. You're jumping the gun there, Guillermo. Yeah, I... yeah. In fact, I think it's audience 13 when we start just introducing the concept of gift. Yep. In fact, it is in audience 13, paragraph two, is when he just starts talking about the meaning of gift. Yeah. No, no, those are good points.
1: Yes, <laughs>
0: it's hard to keep track what we have talked about and not talked about yet.
1: It's obviously connected, right?
0: It's so intertwined too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Objective, subjective, exterior, and interior. So, I want to draw our attention to a couple of different dialectics here. Throughout the entirety of the theology of the body up to this point, JP2 is really kind of bouncing between objective and subjective. There's objective reality that is independent of the constitution of the human person. So, in other words, he is saying there is a reality and it is mind independent. It's something that's there. It exists. God created it. And man comes to experience that objective reality. He encounters it, and he encounters it through his subjectivity. So man, through his consciousness and his experiences, he encounters this objectivity. That's kind of one of the dialectics that's at play in this audience, is this kind of tension between objective and subjective We've seen it many times before, especially in light of how Genesis 1 is kind of the object, the description of of creation in terms of a kind of the objective cosmological um, presentation and Genesis 2 is more of the subjective encountering of the human person through his experiences of creation that reinforces what genesis one described and then we have this contrast between exterior and interior perception so and that just comes with kind of exterior we could just think um the perception of things outside of me and my body and interior perception the perception of things that concern my body and my my perception of myself And so with the, to begin this part of the audience, then um, we begin with the observation that man has his consciousness. He's not a member of animalia. He's not, he cannot be identified as an animal. And with this, he comes to the consciousness of this body. So we get, we have this subjective here where man experiences himself in this manner that leads him to the objective truth about his metaphysical status as not a animal. And it's also this exterior perception. He sees other animals and their bodies. And like I'm not like that. He has this consciousness of his body as different. And this leads to the interior perception of him and his body as being something different and how he relates to the world. And all of these two, These all these dimensions are being integrated in this presentation of JP2s. And so nakedness is a part of this consciousness. It comes from sensation, perception. You see the naked man, you see the naked woman before you. And yet this experience of the body is both exterior and interior. And this interior perception penetrates into man's innermost being which jp2 calls man's interiority this is a new word the term interiority is another we could say another description for man's subjectivity it is man's self-presence to himself and so the body which is something that I experience I have this interior perception of it expresses my, the personal I, and so it grounds the external perception from within because I experience things as my body, but I also through my body experience objective reality, the exterior of exterior perceptions of that reality. And so you get this wonderful symphony of these. Concepts all being integrated into a whole here. Are you with us, Guillermo? Yes. Um, did you have anything you'd like to add to this?
1: Nope.
0: All right. In that case, we are going to talk about the meaning of communication. And no, I don't mean the stupid social media or emails or whatever. We mean communication. It's original deepest meaning which JP 2 is going to say is found between subjects. And when he's using the term subjects, he's referring to persons, persons who communicate because they have a common union between them. This is the fundamental deepest meaning of communication It is a communicating between persons with a common union. So, communication, properly speaking, expresses the reality that's pertinent to subjects. It expresses the reality proper to persons. And so the body, which manifests the human person, acts as the intermediary between the male and the female. It allows the body, or allows the man and the woman to communicate. So if we Think about for a moment here the communion of persons, the original unity, which is manifested and revealed through the conjugal act. The body through the conjugal act is going to be how man and woman communicate in a, in the perhaps the deepest, most fundamental sense of communication. Now, There is a vague mention of an inalienable norm in Audience 9 that JP2 hasn't developed yet. And he says, he gives a little bit more allusion to it now, and he says that this inalienable norm needs to be personalistic and not naturalistic. So it needs to take into account the human person and his interiority, his subjectivity, his original experiences, those experiences of, of original solitude, original unity, original nakedness. And so this um, not feeling ashamed then is going to imply that there is a original depth, an original depth in the person, the visibly, male, and female, through which reciprocal communication is constituted. So, not feeling shame for the man and woman shows, it demonstrates that there's a depth inherent to the person. And at this depth, you have the communication that's reciprocal. And this is through the communion of persons. And then, one final point to kind of help tie in the external and internal perception. We have this exterior perception of physical nakedness, and it corresponds to the inner fullness of the vision of man in God, because God has this vision of man. And this is measured by the fact that man is made in the image and likeness of God. Um, Did you have something you wanted to add Guillermo? No,
1: no, I do not. Okay.
0: I think then that's going to wrap up this audience. Mm So let's see here. Thank you for watching this video. Um, If you have enjoyed our content, please subscribe to our Patreon page. Um, give it, we ask for your financial support so we can continue doing great things for all of you and to provide you with this awesome content, please subscribe to our various social media, like YouTube, share our content. Um, let's see, or check out our website. We have lots of awesome articles there. We have also a great podcast. And that podcast covers many topics. Um, where can one find the podcast?
1: So the podcast, you, you can go to our website, and we have a page for the podcast, and it will take you. It can take you to our main website, the main website that we're using, Buzzsprout, and on Buzzsprout you can you can listen to our podcast on that platform or the numerous other platforms. That are accessible through Buzzsprout, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And you can also find us, our podcast, on YouTube and Rumble. Right.
0: It's a dizzying amount of social media.
1: Yes. Frankly, Buzzsprout works perfectly fine.
0: Yeah. And we do have lots of links on our website where you can find our stuff. So... If you just go to com slash subscribe, you can find it all there. Too much there. All right. Thank you for watching. Um, any last things, caramel
1: Yeah, just please keep us in your prayers.
0: Right, yeah. Please pray for us. And, yeah, I guess with that.
1: Thank you all for tuning in. God yep. bless. Goodbye.